On Friday, March 12th, 6 a.m., a new email in the podcast mailbox arrived. An unfamiliar name, a message devoid of business propositions, local flavors, or boots on the ground correspondence from the expected litany of avid listeners. A message transporting us to a previously unknown world of intrigue, deception, and betrayal. David Foster Wallace and Gromit Industries presents Miguel, an investigative podcast. I'm your host, Jared, with always my co-host, Steve. Welcome, one and all, to uh, David Foster Wallace and Gromit Presents Miguel, an investigative podcast. Uh, I'm Jared with me as always. Steve, Steve, say hello to our, uh, of course, avid listeners. Howdy, gang. Welcome to this spectacular. This investigative spectacular. Uh, I think if there's one thing that people know us for and one thing that people really enjoy about this podcast is that every week we give investigative them journalism. Every week we give them something to, to really celebrate, to really revel in. Mm -hmm. and excite themselves over uh this week of course it is regarding uh like i said sort of a rabbit hole of, of betrayal and intrigue that we've stumbled down um in the course of, of recording this show uh let's just go ahead and and start things off we got a lot on our plate today as i said um march 12th 6 a.m an email arrived in the inbox now we get a lot of emails obviously we go over our our emails on the show were very transparent with our boots on the ground reporting, our local flavors, and of course, our business propositions, Operation Greenland, everything that that might entail. So when a new email arrived, you know, our interest is peaked. And I'm looking, like I said, March 12th, 6 a.m., an email from one Aaronswig Sanchez Miguel on hell. Uh, the title, you know, no subject. And the content of the email reads, did you get it? Now, Steve, what's the first issue here? Well, there are many issues. Uh, first one being, it's a lot of names. It's a lot of names. The second one being, I think that <clears throat> the first name here that, that it's showing and the second name uh, seem more like last names to me. So it seems like rather than Erinsweig Sanchez Miguel Angel, it should be Miguel Angel Ehrenzweig Sanchez. Exactly. We have sort of a, a name mix-up here, hmm. sort of an out-of-order presentation. Now, what's curious about that, I, look, we'll get into the content here in a second. What's curious about that is that when I think, you know, the, the sort of last name, first name rearrangement, I think maybe addressing someone uh, in, a, in a collegiate uh, sort of wrong. I mean, I think I think of I think of uh, emailing your professor. I think of mm -hmm. I think of organizing your name the way that it might be in their in their course load, and that leads me to the email address itself: mzweig at uv.mx. Uv.mx, a Mexico uh, university uh, of exactly. So that leads us to this something. The Universidad Veracruzana. If you Google uv.mx, oh. you get the University of Veracruz 
splash page for its many campuses. Okay. So I think we're right on the money with it being collegiate. Now, if you Google, let's say, let's for for argument's sake, let's call him Miguel on hell. If you Google his name, this article comes up. Also pertaining to the University of Veracruz in Mexico, in the in the, the state of Veracruz in Mexico. A network of tertiary education libraries and resource centers, USBI, in Mexico. Miguel Angel Ernswig Sanchez. The correct reordering of the name. Now, Director of Projects, Buildings, and Maintenance. What's interesting about this to me, and Steve, I know you, you know, we both have access to the analytics. We know what's going on. Per Spotify, we have very few listeners in the, let's say, Central, South America, the Global South, as it may be. Hmm. So to have a listener this esteemed in Mexico, uh, the director of hmm. projects, buildings, and maintenance for the University of Veracruz, it raises an eyebrow. It it would lead me to wonder, you know, what exactly did he mean to send that I didn't get? Leading us back, of course, to the content of the email. Did you get it? No punctuation, no signature. Very curt. Steve. So I suppose the question with this one is, did we get it? Exactly. And to that, I don't know the answer. Look, I checked the PO box. You know, I reached out to our, our, uh, you know, sort wow. of handlers, our agents, our managers, everyone, everyone doing a great job here at David Foster Wallace and Gromit Industries. And there was no further correspondence from Miguel. So wow. I took it upon myself four days ago as well, as you can see, 9am to finally say no what did you send and I, you know look it might be a little unprofessional for me too to not sign it to be a little curt to be a little let's say perfunctory you know this is this was an obligation this was less a, a pleasant you know as we said we normally our emails normally full brimming with local flavors business opportunities and and true tired and true grommet heads so what did miguel mean to send us and what did we what not does get? He want to say, hmm. Steve? I hate to say it, but the trail had gone cold at this point. Yeah. I mean, as you can see, no response on March twelfth. Right. Now, what I we see. do have instead is this: an anonymous voice message that arrived in our wow that arrived in our uh, voicemail. We don't get a lot of voice okay. messages. We we you know we we were very grateful to have been able to do the. Uh, the first annual vibes up prayers up Gustavo spectacular um, of which we had opened up the phone lines for a rare moment, but usually David Foster Wallace and Gromit industries were not want to receive a lot of voicemails, a lot of telephone correspondence, but alas, we have this message. Hmm. I'm going to go ahead and play this message in its entirety. And hopefully this anonymous caller will shed a little light on what's happening with Miguel. Right. No words. I have no words to describe the emotions I'm feeling right now. Maybe horny, yeah. But uh, I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful for everyone who called, especially those two girls. Man, great voice. Uh, I sense a little bit of an accent there. I would say Middle Easterns, maybe. I don't know. Maybe Greece. Maybe Italy, I don't know, I don't know. But you guys got to Avery, yeah, wow, good times. I mean, I remember back in 73, 
when we were stationed in Berlin, oh, I, I mean, visiting Berlin, and uh, we had a couple of great nights there. I mean, it, I, I am a big fan of uh, DDR girls, uh, and boy, was everyone a big fan as well, and uh, we had some great times back in, DD, in the DDR. And they remind, they remind me also of our time in Cambodia, in South Sudan, and uh, oh boy, yes, sometimes uh, I remember when we spent some time in Rhodesia. That was that was intriguing. I don't know how you guys got uh, him to talk about me, but uh, as well, we helped really helped on my recovery. And I just want to give a couple of words there to the sponsors. I want to thank Ipioca Cachaça for giving me a lot of headaches. Jerry didn't share this on the podcast last time, but I will. I told Jerry that uh, Ipioca gave me great moments at the beach. And when I was already with someone there and gave me horrible nightmares. When I spent nights in Sao Paulo and in Rio. Drinking Ipioca and waking up next to, well, sometimes a very interesting lady or ladies uh, when it was, uh, was, well, when the night uh, allowed me to. And, uh, well, let's give a, another shout out to Palmeiras. Yes, we also, as a Palmeiras fan, I just want to say that Palmeiras won once again uh, the Copa do Brasil, the Brazilian Cup. So we won the South American and the Brazilian Cup. That is quite an year for us. We we had a horrible performance in the FIFA World Cup for teams. For, and, uh, well, next year, there's always a next year. I want to talk also about the Seahawks. You guys barely talk about the Seahawks, but I want to. I want to say shame. Shame is the word. Seahawks, if you're listening to me, shame. Uh, I am also a big fan of the Mariners. I want to thank the Mariners for providing me with nothing so far. And, uh, well, I want to address the elephant in the room. Steven, grow up here. Buddy, there is nothing more that I want in this world for you to mature and involve with someone, create a family, and... When you have a son, you look at that son and say, Son, everything I learned was wrong. Until someone called me a CC boy and told me to grow a pair. So, yeah. Well, anyway, it was great giving you this message. Uh, I am shipping out to Greenland. To, uh, I mean, to Greece. Yes. Oh, man, did I misspoke in there. And uh, I'm starting a new project directed by, Jer by, by someone else than Jared. And uh, I hope to see you guys soon. And uh, thank you again for the, the telethon. It was amazing. Thank you. Wow. Where to begin? Really, where to begin? So I think we can, we can address a couple things right off the bat. Um, Let's I, do. I misspoke in the beginning. This is, this is an email or a, a voicemail, excuse me titled with the, the subject heading a man's voice and i don't think i don't think anyone listening you know is mistaken here in in discovering that our anonymous caller is in fact gustavo now right what's curious to me 
is sort of the relationship to Miguel that's been established. Sort of the previously anonymous caller, the, the, the temporal relation to Miguel's, did you get it? Um, sort of a well-known caller, a well-known grommet head from the, like I said, uh, global South. Sort of maybe that Latin South American connection something maybe to explore. Uh, Steve, your thoughts? Well, we have a lot to address. Those are my thoughts. Please do. <laughs> well, to start, I will try and consider advice when given. Okay. But uh... oh, sorry. I mean, I think I think it's important noting that if this is in direct response to Miguel's "Did you get it?" Um, the the it that Miguel is referring to is uh, your ability to grow a pair. Hmm. Well, I suppose that's something to think about, isn't it? In any case, uh, I would also like to congratulate Palmeiras, and uh, uh, maybe we should discuss this uh, Seattle sports issue that was brought up. Okay. Or is that a conversation for another time? I'm not quite sure what the shame is. Sure. From either end, as right. I said, my the bulk of the research that I've conducted throughout my entire life is on baseballstats.com relating to scientific evidence of uh, Mariner's dominance. So if that's providing nothing, then frankly, I don't know what to say. As far as the Seahawks are concerned, I'm, I'm not sure, uh, you know, who, 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 uh, or, or rather what they should be doing differently. I know that, you know, Trent Dilfer does his best, you know, under center. Sure. And, uh, and I know that, um, Joey Galloway's out there really playing to the best of his ability and, uh, can easily. We can't forget about as well as uh, Cortez. And okay. so as far as the current roster is concerned, that's as far, as far as I understand about as good as it gets. And they play their hearts out and they do their absolute best. And, you know, my coach always told me football's not about winning and losing football's mm -hmm. about making friends. Right. And having so fun. That's sort of that's sort of that inability to grow a pair coming out and rearing its ugly head. It is interesting, sort of the sure. coalescence of Miguel Gustavo and BaseballStats.com. Um, something really worth exploring. Hmm. Now, I, I gotta say, Steve, at right about now, it's feeling as though the trail is run cold. You know, our anonymous Frankly. caller, our anonymous caller turns out to be Gustavo. You know, directly referencing hmm. the telethon sort of our, our, our dealings in the Atlantic, our dealings with our, uh, you know, geopolitical coup. 
um, Seattle sports, international sports, the Caipirinha. Okay. Mm -hmm. Off tread, well tread topics. Mm. So we found ourselves kind of where we always have, but where does that leave Miguel? Steve, I have some bombshell information that I'd like to share with you right now. Sure. We received yet another email in the same thread as our email from Miguel. This came in March 13th, 9 a.m. Only now, only now, despite being in the same email thread and despite Miguel emailing us and us alone, this is an email from a Howard Lee vlee8593 at gmail.com no longer collegiate email he says dear friend i apologize if the content of my email or method of approach is contrary to your moral ethics but i had to reach you through this medium please be patient and read my email to you howard i can tell you right now we are being more than patient i am howard lee director hong kong monetary authority hkma your contact details were taken from your country's public record registry in the quest for a last name similar to that of a late customer for my bank. He was an oil magnate that lived in Hong Kong for about nine years. Wow. He passed on with his immediate family in a ghastly motor accident along with his family in the city of Guajong in May 2009 without appointing a next of kin to his estate. Oh, no. Before the above-mentioned ugly catastrophe that caused his death, a lump sum... De- Whoa, sorry, I read ahead. A lump sum deposit of $47 million $100,000 USD was placed under my bank's custody. No. Oh my God. Sorry. I'm. No, 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 no. Sorry. I'm floored. Hold on. Under my bank's custody for safekeeping. I want you to understand that during my bank end of year audit 2019, there was a board decision that all unclaimed fund concerning inheritance should be declared bad claims to enable the bank to relocate itself against accumulated debts. During my responsibility, I discovered this 47.1 million USD was left unclaimed ever since. On the condition that you bear the same last name with the deceased oil magnet, what? it has prompted me to present you as his beneficiary to apply and claim the deposit he had with my bank to avoid the confiscation of said funds by the authorities and return to the Treasury Bank of Hong Kong's unclaimed proceeds of trade and deposit from late customers. Following the reasons that we operate in compliance with the Hong Kong laws, such proceeds is conferred to the government's treasury. I chose you because you share the same last name with my late client. I know you are not related, but after countless efforts to relocate, wait, sorry, what? To locate direct relative to the late client? Due to the six months final notice from the bank, find a beneficiary to the fund and failure to meet up with the deadline. Meet, liquidated to the bureau as an unclaimed fund. I want you to know all phase of this transition or transaction, excuse me, will be done in legal means that would keep us far from trouble. I have access to every document that would register you as the beneficiary of the fund. My anticipated percentages for sharing shall be fair enough. 50% for me, 45% for you, and 5% for charity. Oh, that's nice. And to take care of expenditures. I await your feedback so I can furnish you with the necessary details to get started. Sincerely, Mr. Howard Lee. Steve, I'm starting to think that we have an international man of mystery in our midst. I'm starting to think Miguel Angel is Howard, is Lee. Howard Lee and potentially is wow. Gustavo Ernesto. I'm and starting potentially to think is Muhammad and potentially is Abner Abdeel is Abner Abdeel and I potential think... and potentially is Skip. I'm not oh sure. my God. What? I mean, we might be just at the tip of the iceberg. 
I'm starting to think we found ourselves in the middle of a real Tinker Tailor soldier spy type situation. Um, I think this goes a lot farther than we're being let on. I mean, look, we've been doing wow. incredible work with the NSA for 20, 30 years, and we've never been made aware of the operating agent known as Howard Lee, a.k.a. Miguel and Hell, a.k.a. Gustavo Ernesto, a.k.a. Skib Umnals, a.k.a. Abner Abdeel, Miguel, uh, David Del Monte, Damon Money. I mean, how deep does it go? Mohammed. How deep does the rabbit hole go? But Steve, here's the thing. When we talk about the seed money for Operation Greenland, we were talking about a 5.1, 5.1 each. Right. We were never, ever talking about, I mean, 47.1, cut that in half, split that two ways. I mean, this is some real money we're talking about now. Now we're talking about 10 million each. <sighs> Add that to the Greenland money we're talking about. What do we got? Probably around somewhere 25 mil, 10, uh, 30 mil. <sighs> That's moolah. I never, I never thought an opportunity like this would come across our desk, let alone one steeped in such intrigue, such mystery. This is the, insane. The ever-shifting enigma that is Miguel on hell, that is potentially Howard Lee. Wow. And suddenly, and suddenly, the world really cracks open. You go back to Gustavo's voicemail. You go back to his plans for his sort of his his thinly veiled plans for Operation Greenland. His, his work with Avery Waverly in the Global South. Wow. It all comes crashing down. But all I can say, frankly, at the end of this journey, thank you so much to Howard Lee and the many operators working alongside wow. him for this incredible windfall ceded to us by the Hong Kong Monetary Authority. Could not have done it without you. I'm... I'm I've become a clempt thinking of, of such an incredible opportunity. I, I, a single tear welling up in my eye, thinking about everything we have planned for Operation Greenland, everything we have planned for our, our global takeover, our geopolitical dealings and, and maneuvering, and everything more we'll be able to do with that 20 million. Incredible. Wow. Well, I, you know, there's really nothing that I can say. This is, uh, this is an incredible opportunity. Uh, frankly, I never thought that I would ever be a part of it. Never, never. I mean, look, so, I, I must say, though, in a position like this, I got to wonder, yeah. one, who held my namesake, you know, or yours? Which oil baron uh, has left us this money? And the second thing is, if... If Miguel is is uh, is Skib is is all these people, who's to say that one of us isn't also in on this, you know, long bond this this you know enormous list of monikers for this one sole agent? And who's to say sure. we've really gotten to the bottom of it? Who's to say that Miguel is is you know the end of this rabbit hole, the deepest we can go? Well, no one is to say that because there's no way to confirm that. You, I mean, look, quick research here. Yeah, I mean, look, people are hearing this live and direct. I mean, we're they're discovering this in media res the same way we are. I mean, I, I'm floored. I'm excited about the money. Obviously, I, I can't wait to to further actualize some of our plans. But I I can't help but feel a little lost, a little uh, disconcerted. Anyway, what an incredible mm. opportunity! What are you finding? What are you discovering? Are you are you hacking into the mainframe? I'm I'm checking to see if I can uh, get a hold of some 
Well, I'm going through a Russian a, a Russian server. Yeah, yeah. You're getting the back door into the NSA um, archives. Wow. I think you ought to see something. Oh, my God. There he is. Miguel on hell. What is this? So can you explain to the listeners where we are right now? What are we looking at? I mean, this is him. Miguel Angel is the CEO of Avoris Corporación Empresarial. Wow. We're over here. I mean, we had to look, you know, we all know Steve's ability to to hack into the mainframe, to to crack these codes, to get around these these various international backdoors. We're over here on what I believe. I mean, look, see you open up the Tor browser. We're over here on the dark web. We're over here on hosteltour.com. Incredible. El Primero Hotel de Barcelona. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. I mean, we want to talk about the oil magnet seeding us this money. No. Not NY- Nick's hotels. NYX. Wow. NYX hotels. Look at this. Okay, so this is a <clears throat> Canary Islands, 33% capacity. This is insane. I was seeing them talking Lanzarote. about Barcelona. Okay, okay. Easy jet. I mean, oh, look. this is this is a large scale corporate collusion. This might be, you know, I mean, look, everyone, this again, is insane. You're, you're hearing this happening. Hotel live. industry, airline industries, it's all mixed up in this. It's all mixed up. I mean, look, they're talking about offshore banking. They're talking about it all. I think what's really there happening is. here, we, my, we thought, Miguel and Lombardia. who's this? Oh, my God. Look, it's we Miguel thought. Lombardia. Oh, my. That's 89% of travelers. That Miguel on hell. Oh was all these other people. I think that I think that still stands for them, but I think Miguel on hell might be at the very top. Miguel Lombell, AKA Miguel Lombardi. I think he might be at the very top. That's why he made the mistake of emailing us oh, saying, did no. you get it? He just thought, oh, I just send, I'll send these agents a quick, a quick little message, a quick little something. No, what is this? Uh, the funder of, of uh, Norwegian airline, 50% propriety. North Atlantic wow. Airways, Bjorn Tor, Bjorn Tor Larsen, Tor Browser. BTL. He's, he's the inventor of the Tor Browser. And this is a recent acquisition, probably in, in anticipation of Operation Greenland. They wanted Look to have further global control along the you know Scandinavian coastline. Listen to the following. Listen to this. Read it to me. Does this does this sound familiar? London, Paris, Oslo, New York, Los Angeles, Miami. Is that a coincidence? It, it simply it's, couldn't be. It's it's all the major cities. It's been it's right all the in major front of our cities. eyes the entire time, right under our nose. Look at this. Oh, Hong my Kong. God. Hong Kong. It's just insane. Oh, my God. We're really mixed up in something. Steve, I got to say. Or, or we're just reaping the rewards. I got to say, it feels like we're reaping the rewards, but it feels there like we weren't is. supposed to see this. Oh, my God. There he is. Wait, hold so on. Go the- back up. Go back up. <clears throat> Miguel on hell, aka Steve Heapy. Steve Heapy. Oh wow. God. Jet two, Jet Two Holidays, ABTA, Alistair Roland. Do we think that's a coincidence? 
It can't be. It simply can't be. I'm feeling, I got to say. The crisis COVID-19. This, this article. This is what happens. This, this is what article happens when you is from get 2001. This article is from 2001. Look, How do I, they know this? I don't think we were supposed to get this close to all of it. I think we were just supposed to be sort of figureheads, you know, public facing, talk a little bit about the good work <sighs> we're doing for these agencies. We aren't supposed to know all this, but now here we are. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what can. 2% of all oh transactions, 1.6 million operations of February 2020. More than 414 600,000 per year, 75.7%, and up to 839,149 operations. Wait, hold on. And are we seeing that 22.6 million euros? Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Are we seeing that 22.6 million euros in February alone? Is this yeah. where this money is coming that's from? Where the, are they, that's where the money's coming from. They're washing the, it through that, the airline hotelier industry to bring yeah. it directly into our pockets. Agencies of travel. In Spain, with the license IATA, February 3,900 to 21.7%. Uh, that goes to 22.6 million. Double that for two months so far. That's where your money's coming from. Well, then what should credit we be? Credit card we sales, be... look at that. Oh, my look God. Look at this. The credit cash sales, credit card sales. Well, wait, this, down, and this brings us skyrocket. back to all their dealings in, in Southeast Asia and in the Caribbean. They're bringing, they're, they're generating the money in Europe. They wash it all over the globe. They bring it right back to us so that we might, in addition to the U.S. government, send it over to our troops in Greenland. Look at that. There's the 47 million. Wow. Out of 381 wow. million. So there's more to come. And that's only, and that's only 90%. Wait, hold on a so second. So the total, the total figure I'm getting here, it says 802 million euros factored in for 2020 and this was written in 2001 so we're really into it steve i've got i look i would say it's good news but i don't even know anymore i don't know if it's possible to say it's good news can i we've got EasyJet and ryanair mixed up in this can i share my screen real quick something just come across my desk Did look you get at an email? i got an email you're not going to believe this shit look at this this is from Ahmed. Just now? Just now. Al Karaji. Oh, no. This is from a .edu.br. Okay. Hello. So, look, you .edu.br, we have two educational institutions that are wrapped up in this global financing scheme. And I know where BR is. Do you know exactly. where BR is? Oh, I believe me, it's I Brazil. know. Brazil. And that's, look, oh, we already were saying my. Skib, Gustavo, David Del Monte, and now Atmed all together, all one person. These are all just aliases. Hello. I hope this email finds you in good health. My names, names, see, look at this. They're already giving us just the tiniest oh little sliver. It's, they're rubbing it in our face now. Ahmed S. Alkaraji. I'm looking to confidentially transferring and investing overseas the sum of 23.5 million euros. Coincidence? To a profitable business project, business project. Over a period of 10 years with expectation of 4% annual interest, I'm reaching interest. out to you to see if you are capable to help receive and manage the funds on a profitable business that can generate 4% interest annually. Your early response will be highly appreciated. Best regards. Oh, my. What are we in? I don't know what to make of it. What are we mixed up in? I don't know if these are business opportunities or these are opportunities for us to be the fall guys for their global dealings. I mean, look. 
Operation Greenland, you know, Project Greenland, some might even say, well underway. We have troops inbound. We have operations on the ground in full swing. But what's going to happen if all this is happening around us, if we're just now privy to it, when that global backing falls out from underneath us, are we going to be persona on grinder? Are we going to be made global pariah? Are we not going to have diplomatic immunity in all these territories that have been promised to us? Because what happens when I look, when I become sort of a, a, a warlord, when I have my thousands right. and thousands of right. child soldiers, my big lizards, my, you know, everything we've talked about for months now, if we no longer have that diplomatic community, if we no longer have that international protection, look, I'm, I, I'll die before I get locked up in The Hague. That's all I have to say. Look, I don't want to be in the basement. You know what I mean? I don't want to be under the Louvre, you know, with uh, alongside, you know, alongside of the, the body of Mary, you know. You know, I think about I think about how it's been it's been kind of contemptuous news over the past year or so about, oh, you know, are they going to shut down Guantanamo Bay? Are they going to shut down some of these these U.S. Right. black sites? And I'm starting right. to wonder if this wasn't strategic, if maybe they're looking to send us to a black site after they've been able to funnel all the money through us and then reclaim it for themselves at the end of Operation Greenland or the end of what they believe to be its, its operating life. And I'm not going to a black site. Well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Anyone out there who has advice for us on what to do, be sure to shoot us an email, David Foster Wallace and Garmin at gmail.com. Uh, you know, any advice that you could leave us and maybe an Apple podcast or a Spotify review, be sure to do that. Uh, it'll come across our desk faster if it's five star, and we would love to just have a little advice on what to do next. Um, our secretary can push it through if it's a five star review. Yeah, that'll just get to us a little bit faster. Steve, I mean, maybe just to take our minds off of some of the, the betrayal we've had to suffer. Um, sure. Did you hear that ding just now? No. Okay, good. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we should probably talk about Sam Beckett, huh? I, I suppose it's worthwhile to talk about Sam Beckett, though I don't know if I'm in the state of mind to do it. But then again, is the narrator of the story that we just read in the state of mind to do it? I mean, look, and that's we, something this that week we've. Yeah, I mean, this week for our uh, our supplemental passed. material, we read the end. And uh, maybe it's the end for that narrator. Maybe it's the end for us, you know? Maybe it's the end this, of this podcast as we flee to someplace where we might have a little more uh, global Well, protection. not even Greenland, because now we've aired the plan. It does and that's seem, exactly you know, what they wanted. They, they, they deposited the money into our bank accounts to get the plan for what we were going to do. And now I almost guarantee it, we're going to have some emails coming up here pretty soon that are... Uh, that are going to be take that money, do something with it, and then five years down the line, where is the money? Exactly. And now the airlines are after us. And now we've got EasyJet on our backs, and we've got Ryanair. I we've mean, got I every think, hotel on the planet. I think we've, we've found that we have some friends and some enemies. Mm -hmm in south america but i think that might be our best yeah. place to hide out i think we get out to brazil i think we get out to the jungle i think we get out and we just establish a little commune every plan for operation greenland that's going to have to be left on the it's operating tables what are you thinking it's too obvious you know where it's you know where i think they obvious. could never find us they're they're looking for us in the global south <laughs> yeah take a lap it's just too obvious you know
you know, there's no. Where do you suggest we hide? Just, I don't, I might, I might be done. <laughs> I might be done. It's all just too much to bear. I might just have to be done with this. Just have to cool down a bit. Anyway, so Sam Beckett's the end. Um, do you want to try to do a synopsis? I feel like with these three stories, it's kind of difficult to, sure. to explore them in like a traditional uh, A to B narrative. I will say before yeah, we yeah. even get into that, I can I can I just speculate? I sure. think that it's actually the same narrator in all three. Yeah. Yeah, I think we read yep. them out of order, and I think we yep. <laughs> just suffer that. The second he said, "Oh, and I found that vial again," it's like, "Oh, damn it." <laughs> Shit. Yep. <laughs> and that would also great. explain I had read um when I was when I finished it and I was like, oh shit, is this is this one story broken up into like three parts? And I had just read like some little review of it talking about uh, you know, it you're you have the same what do they say? Um solipistic, solipsistic, you know, like that 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 same kind of narrator. We had kept calling it unreliable and we kept calling it kind of self-absorbed, and we were trying to compartmentalize what his relationship to other people is but that's sure. absolutely it it's this sort of like deficiency a social deficiency that this narrator has with their inability to look past themselves i mean even in this one this one definitely the most uh piss and shit oriented of the three sure um yeah. a lot of a lot of the dung the dung yeah, well, the hold on. so he's rubbing it on his head because of something on his skull in in I think we're made. I think we're meant to believe that there that he had an injury, that he had a head injury. Yeah, which was why he was in at the beginning. He was being discharged from like a hospital or a nursing home or something, or or a, a, a psych ward. Right, which we would explain because the end of the end of the expelled, he's leaving the barn. The city is new to him. In the comative, it's taking place almost entirely in a dream where he's explaining that he's like in a hospital bed or in some kind of hospice care and he's like astral projecting his way around the city. And then the oh, end... no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, what which is is it the middle one that we read first? Yeah, yeah, we read the comative first, which is the middle. That's the middle one, and that's a dream effectively. So basically, I, I mean. Yeah. I mean, basically, uh, he, he's being treated for his fall down the stairs. Right, right. He's made his way in the at the end of the yeah. expelled. He made his way back into the city. He's under some kind of yeah hospice care, or yeah psych ward. Right, like you're saying, he is he is kind of uh, assuaging himself of the experience of the expelled and and of any sort of like guilt and and. <laughs> whatever that injury might have brought on all these flashbacks about his because this is also another this is the same character with this very bizarre divisive relationship with his mother kind of working through this whole history in the yep. comative in this sort of dreamscape and then we enter the end where he's come out of his fever dream or this yeah astral yep. projection whatever you want to believe it to be and then yeah. this one he's like a little it's he's a little less embittered than in the expelled or in the comative but uh definitely the most what's the word sort of isolated and agoraphobic as he's making his way sure. out to like the the shed and he's making his little boat house and he's drilling a little hole so he can just poop in his boat and <laughs> it's it's definitely the nastiest of of all three 
it's it's uh yeah it's it's very waste waste oriented very much that yeah that the end brings about the emptying of oneself yeah well i think what it is is it's which is a weird it's him um because of his relationship with these like extremely base human functions we're meant to believe that he's at such a state of decay that Mm -hmm. he's no longer even he can no longer even associate or relate to these base human functions he's losing his humanity in effect he's living in the boat he's so (laughs) his whole existence is just poop and pee and because of that, he is no longer, he is ceasing to be a human being. Um, and even towards the end of this, he's partially living in a dream. I did, I did really like, because yeah, you know, in the, in the vial, in his dream, and then in this one in real life, we're, I think, led to believe that there's some sort of poison. When he says, I take my calmative, that's, that's him killing himself finally. But I do like that, assuming this is the same character across all three, that line of, of him, you know, yeah, I'm, I take my calmative, I ingest my calmative. Um, it's just the third in a series of stories about absolutely nothing that he is just relaying to us to kind of convince himself or, or, or comfort himself in his hour of death, that he's making the right decision, all these things. And you, they really come full circle in that moment. It's a treat. Yeah. That was good. It's good. It's good to process them as one story. Um, I don't know. what do you think? I mean, it's, what was your favorite of the three? Probably the one, probably the middle that yeah. we read, but but chronologically the first. I think that's a bit a bit more the expelled. A, the expelled. There we okay. go. Yeah, that's a bit more of a of of a setup to this character, the misanthrope, the 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 stench laden rotting you know we we get a depiction of that at the beginning yeah it's it's a bit more clear yeah and then and then in reading the end that clarifies the beginning mm-hmm. I, I i think the culminative is a bit more like you said i mean you know as as we were discussing it as well like when we first read it in that episode, you know, a couple episodes ago, we, we, we said like, I don't really know if I can aptly review this or right. talk about it. And now it's a bit more clear that these seem to be related, though even if they're not, they're at least somewhat loosely uh entangled in that it's effectively the same subject matter mm-hmm. and it it does very much seem like the same narrator yeah um, slight slight physical differences but it might just be that we never right. get a, a a universal look at him we never get the full complete look at him. I mean, we, we talk about his gait talk about how he has a sure. big boil on his ass and he has a little stool with a hole in it talk about he's got a big boil on his head or maybe something else on his head and because in the right. expelled he has a big boil but then by the time you get to the end, there's something else on his skull that he's covering in manure in his hat. Um, right. And, but- and also in the, the calmative, there's, at least I think it was the, 
in all of them, isn't there something about hats? There's like yeah, a hats. pretty consistent obsession with hats. In the expelled, it's the hat falling up, falling down the stairs with him, it's and his, he's it's looking a... up at it from this from the bottom of the staircase yeah. at the very beginning, and noticing it and thinking of it. And then the culminative, I there was something else about hats. Well, so yeah, the no, the expelled had his whole relationship with his dad in the hat, and how right. other kids didn't, they weren't as uh, sophisticated as, or they they lacked the finesse right, he right. had. I don't remember what the culminative's relationship with hats were, but I like that as a as a motif, as a symbol of like, um, of circumstance, of pomp, you know, of of, sure. of uh, putting on airs. Of this is yeah, again, I mean, the culminative he is in the most he's the most decrepit he's the most socially scorned and abandoned and he's like a it's a skeleton shambling around but he still has the the uh the presentation of someone of means he still has his hat he's still dressed somewhat well he's still engaging with people in more of like a right ceremonious manner um, whereas in the end he doesn't even have his own hat no, anymore. yeah, he has, yeah, he has like a he has a, a one coat that's that too small fit, for him that he's stretching he, over his head. The he whole has time. a hat yeah. that's too small for him, and I think that's also a uh, maybe something noteworthy about this. That as time goes on, he starts with, well, this is if we presume that the narrator is the same, but uh, right. if we do that, provided we do so, uh, that sort of. Uh, I think makes the end a bit more. Yeah, I guess there's there's some more emotional investment there because we can we can relate to this idea of materialism through objects or through perhaps for specific things like hats. Like I have a hat personally that okay, it's a baseball hat. Okay, but, you sure. know, I I have a hat that even though it you know it it could also be that that he he grew out of his own hat but anyways my point is i understand the sentimentality you know because i also have uh, a hat that's a gift that i uh you know i, I don't want to get rid of even though it's basically it started out navy blue it's a baseball hat and now it's like orange brown <laughs> You know, just completely sweaty and worn, sun-stained, sweaty, yeah. worn, and you know, you know, uh, someone I, I wore it once, uh, maybe a couple of years ago, and someone was like, "Geez," you know, I thought it's a Mariners hat, by the way, it's, yeah, yeah. and some someone's like, "Oh, geez," I thought that's you know, what the heck happened to that hat? Isn't that supposed to be navy blue, almost black, and it's like a light purple, brown, orange? Yeah. And I said, yeah. It's like, why don't you get rid of it? Buy a new one. Yeah, you could, but that's not the point. You know. Hmm. That's yeah, okay. So that's interesting. So maybe there's something to so it his, feels like his, there's something to that. His clothing, sure. either bought new or the hand-me-down angle later in these stories. There's something about also social expectations there. It's it's newness, right. it's his own age that he's reckoning with, things no longer fit. Again, it's him becoming more and more detached from his own physical being and his own sense of humanity by proxy sure. through the use of you're right, yeah, material goods. That is interesting. Yeah, I would like to go back to the comative and see how hats relate. I mean, I think the only hat talk I can think of was the salesman who's tipping his up so he could get the kiss on the forehead, which I guess right. at that point is a man of middle age with a, a reasonably fitting hat. 
sure. uh, whose hat sort of denotes him as a businessman. You know, right? Again, Probably it's, another, it's a, a, a symbol of being a human. Right. Oh, I think they're. All, I think we're always led to believe it's bowlers. the classic bowler. Yeah. yeah There's I nothing. So. I mean, what? So Beckett was Irish, but these were all written in France, written in French originally. I mean, you got to you got to talk about this point in time. The Boulder reigns supreme. The 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 sort of general European aesthetic is is big time Boulder. Are we assuming that the, this is in uh, that these are a la Frances? Uh, I think so. Characters they were, they were written. They were written while he was in France. Well, I mean, the area is kind of any town USA. The the end and the expelled very much so take place in a city in a metro area, but the calmative is very provincial. The comment of he's talking about coming, you know, to and from the town. Sure. Um, kind of, yeah, there's like that clock tower. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just assume that since there, I don't think it's, I think it, excuse me. <clears throat> I think it's one of those things where the location doesn't really matter because the world, like the comings and goings in it, exist almost exclusively in the main character's head. This is someone with, sure. you know, main character syndrome, someone who is, it's, it's beyond narcissism. It is only being able to fathom the world from their own perspective and as pertaining to their existence. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Suppose so. Speaking of bowler hats, by the way, are you going to get a, uh, a nice Kelly green bowler hat in honor of St. Patrick's day? Oh, you know, I gotta got the big belt buckle on the top of it. The little, uh, I think what's nice about a little yeah, yeah. a little uh, St. Patrick's Day type bowler is that it's dangerously close to a little pilgrim hat. And there is nothing. Look, people want to talk about the trend report, the David Foster Wallace and Gromit trend report. They got to know, look, I'm not going to say it's for April. I'm not going to say it's for May, but soon. Oh, very soon as, as being slid across my desk now, the pilgrim hat is back. Cannot wait to get. I'm going to have pointed, pointed heeled shoes, big pilgrim hat flowy dress tunic all right catch me walking around the city feeling like a, a posh dandy feeling like saying saying i have some crops to till i look jared i can't wait for that episode of the trend report <laughs> man that's looking good man that's a good looking puritan hat <laughs> Man, and you know what? And that's and you know what's crazy? When you put that on, that's the smile you you have too. That's really the look that you got to give them. Wow, the creative decision to put a shadow behind. <laughs> yeah, can you click on that? There we go. Make a pilgrim hat for free, free templates. We might have to put oh, that in the uh, in the show notes. We might need to allow right. people to. Yeah, geez. <laughs> oh, maybe a little bonnet. Maybe bonnets come back too. On it. All right. Dang. What about pork pie hats? I like I like that one we just saw where it's sort of the combination of an Indiana Jones hat and a pilgrim hat. It's a pilgrim hat with <laughs> sure. the with the bent brim. Sure. Wow, that's looking good. <laughs> with the ears, the ears one's really nice. Yeah. So for everyone listening, we got we got uh sort of a green felt, I'd say probably two foot tall leprechaun hat uh with a fake beard attached. Oh, and the beer can sipper too. Man, you can't beat that. Dang. You know, in honor of Beckett, everybody go out there and buy a green. Just search Google for leprechaun hat. Jeez. And that's and that, this is our this is our uh, St. Patrick's Day special, uh, Sam Beckett special. 
Um, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it looks like we're coming to a close here. We didn't quite get a chance to talk about uh, Infinite Jest. Didn't quite get a chance to talk about David Foster Wallace. I mean, we we kind of had a, a let's let's say a bit of a meltdown uh, during our investigative spectacular. Um, but of course, you know, we'll be back next week to discuss everything pertaining to Infinite Jest, as well as our uh, novella selection, which is going to be uh, Yugi Mishima's The Sound of Waves. That's right. He's coming back. We read The Sail That Fell from Grace of the Sea. We're going to be reading The Sound of Waves. Um, anyway, uh, all right. So well, we're going to be back. We're going to be back next week. We got to go. With our extremely homoerotic uh, Mishima selection. Actually, I don't think Sound of Waves is, is not like Confession. It would be funny if we read like Confessions of, the Ma- uh, Confessions of a Mask for, for the podcast and really... Huh. crank it up well because well, we, we read death in venice we read billy bud we've read some uh horny books well but i think we could in any case a- i would rather i would much rather get into the uh maybe something a little bit more fun okay not so death oriented perhaps oh is something uh is something we could i mean let's mark it back to gustavo's towards. words about you maybe needing to man up a little bit we're reading. Let we're us reading know in the comments. The fellas. This is a real fellas only type pod right about now. <laughs> Let us know in the comments, guys, what you think. Uh, do you agree with me or do you agree with everybody else? Everybody. All right. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. Shoot us an email. Dave Foster Wallace from gmail.com. We'll be back next week. To talk about Mishima. Um, sure. Give us a, a rating and review. Who's not, who knows? You know, maybe next week we'll be uh, recording live and direct from a uh, U.S. black site or somewhere in the jungles of Guantanamo uh, Bay. Yeah. We'll be, Somewhere we'll be, in the jungles of Guantanamo Bay. We'll be in the uh, low security section of the Hague. They'll give us a little laptop and a couple microphones and we'll just get, get the sure. pot off one time. All right. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. Take care, gang. <laughs>